This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Every time you come around, you know I can't say no. Every time the sun goes down, I let you take control. This is our lunchtime edition here at WABC. 45 minutes of a rip and read and commentary. And some bad habits never go away. Bill O'Reilly obviously away, so we're stuck with that schlub, Mike Slater, Slatter, whatever the hell his name is. And Phil, a man of no consequence who's in the control room, uh, never seems to understand. He's got to get me headphones before the show, right, Phil? Madonna my here. But anyway, lots of bad habits. And we have a habit here at WABC of uh, always having a New York-centric uh, focus. And I have said over and over again, when you look at the analytics, when you look at the number of listeners per capita per person, they actually are reflected in New Jersey. Going way back to the king of talk radio, Bob Grant, when he dominated afternoons. And that's why, from time to time, I get out of this New York-centric habit where we think that the only thing of essence that matters is New York City or New York State-related, not. I delve into New Jersey and, oh, Lulu, my vengeance may be sweet. This is a vendetta I've been waiting for. This is a blood feud that I have engaged in for 30 years with the Capo di Tutti, the most crooked of all crooked U.S. senators up on the hill in Washington, D.C., who gets wine-dined and pocket-lined in and out of the cloakroom on a regular basis. It's Bobby Menendez. That's right, a man who was the mayor of Union City, who worked his way up the ladder and wore multiple hats, as they oftentimes do in Jersey. Union uh, City Mayor, then Assemblyman in Trenton, State Senator, then a Congressman, and then eventually appointed by John Corazine, who you schmucks in New Jersey decided to uh, elect as governor. That's right, because he was a graduate of Goldmine Sachs, just like half in the bag Murphy. Just like uh, Phillips, the mayor in Jersey City, thinks he's next in line. No, you don't, Phillips, just because you're a graduate of Goldmine Sachs. There's Jack Citarelli waiting in the bullpen, the Republican who barely lost 
in an election to half in the bag, Murphy, who spends more time in Italy than he does in Trenton. By the way, he should be made the ambassador to either the Vatican or to Italy. Uh, but that day will come. And they're looking for a battle between the anointed one chosen by Bobby Menendez, who is the Hudson County political boss of the most corrupt of the many corrupt Democratic machines across America. More corrupt than Queens County. More corrupt than Kings County. More corrupt than Crook County in Illinois. That's Hudson County. And the epicenter of that is Jersey City. And that's where Bobby Menendez has been a kingmaker and has battled the other crook uh, in the southern part of New Jersey, George Norcross. They have battled on a regular basis to see who would be the capo di tutti, the boss of all bosses over Democratic politics uh, in the Garden State. And uh, Bobby Menendez has always used the power of the U.S. Senate. There is uh, a very strong sense that Bobby Menendez will be indicted for political corruption now a second time, this time by the U.S. Attorney of the Southern District, which covers New York, covers Staten Island, and covers uh, up in Westchester. And clearly... It almost have the same strain as when he was indicted in 2015 on federal corruption because his very dear friend, a man who wine-dined him and pocket-lined him uh, on a regular basis, was the evil Dr. Solomon Melgen. Basically, um, uh, he bought Bobby Menendez to be his own personal U.S. Uh, senator. It's incredible. I mean, look at the infamous um, ophthalmologist, which Dr. Solomon Melgin was. There's Rand Paul, who serves in the Senate, junior senator of Kentucky. There's Bashir Assad, the totalitarian dictator in Syria. And Dr. Solomon Melgin, who had ripped off Medicare more than any other corrupt doctor in the history of Medicare, and yet was side-by-side side the best friend that Bobby Menendez ever had. In fact, he would provide him with uh, air jet flights from Teterboro Airport. Uh, he would fly to locations in the DR, Paradise locations. And yes, Lou, there were even some hookers in the DR who said that Bobby Menendez was so cheap that after they would pleasurize him for numerous hours, he wouldn't even leave a tip. Wouldn't even leave a tip in pesos. Wouldn't leave a tip in dollars. Wouldn't leave anything. And then all of a sudden, actually, the forces to be his main supporter, who is uh, Cory Booker, who went to that trial in New Jersey and sat there in the front pew. We call that the uh, the observation pew and was there to support Bobby Menendez's corruptive ways. That's when Cory Booker, I believe, Lou had a boo. Does he have another boo now? No, of course not. Not running for the presidency. Watch if he ever does run for the Democratic nomination. Watch how quickly Cory Booker, who claims he lives in Newark, not claims he has a boo only when it serves his purpose as a beard, not will suddenly come up with a boo right before he announces that he's running for the Democratic nomination to become the next president of the United States over my dead body. But let's focus on the king of corruption, Bobby Menendez. When he was being prosecuted by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Newark, uh, New Jersey, federal court, 
That was back, as I mentioned, in uh, 2015. Do you know who was outside covering him on a regular basis? Our own Dominic Carter. So every day, the paparazzi, the journalists would assemble to hear the words of the victim, as he always said he was, Bobby Menendez, who would actually take lube, would take pieces of (laughs) onion and rub it underneath his eyes just before he came out. So his eyes would swell and he'd have those crocodile tears. And he had the holy rollers outside, black and Hispanic reverence. They'd be in a prayer circle. Oh, they victimized Bobby Menendez. But he would not start the press conference until who showed up? Dominic Carter. Listen. To those in the press who did their job and did it with professionalism, and even to some of you who are actually kind, where's Dominic? Where's Dominic? Can I hear that again? I mean, he would not start the press conference unless uh, his soft server, Dominic Carter, who was a primetime reporter at that time busting his shoes. He was the dean uh, of newscasters in the tri-state area. He wouldn't start the press conference until his very dear friend, Dominic Carter, was in the house. To those in the press who did their job and did it with professionalism, and even to some of you who are actually kind, where's Dominic? And remember his defense at that time, and so many of you got suckered into it. So many political prognosticators who were Republican and conservative said, we need to stand with the corrupt one, Bobby Mendendez, because he stood up to President Barack Obama He opposed his deal with the Ayatollahs in Iran, and he opposed vociferously Obama's loosening of restrictions around trade and travel with Cuba and with Fidel and Raul Castro behind the sugarcane curtain of Cuba. And so you all of a sudden elevated the crook of all crooks, the capo de tutti, the most corrupt U.S. senators of the many corrupt U.S. senators, and you you almost beatified him. You gave him sainthood. And I said to you, the guy is corrupt right down to the marrow of his bone, but you didn't want to hear it. He hid behind his so-called victimization. And now he's going to be charged again. And let's see what kind of an excuse he comes up with in terms of claiming that he is being victimized because of positions that he has taken, maybe even versus uh, President Joe Biden now, because remember, he has been elevated over the years. He's not just a U.S. senator of no consequence. He is the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Remember, it was uh, John Kerry who had preceded him. So there are a lot of folks who come up to his offices, both in... uh, in Hoboken, in Jersey City, along Bergen Line Avenue, and actually in Washington, D.C., who wine him, dine him, and pocket line him. And then Dr. Solomon Melgen, his uh, procurer, his uh, Medici, he ended up being found guilty as being the most corrupt of the many corrupt uh, doctors who set up Medicare or Medicaid mills, ripping off the taxpayers for about $20 million a year, $20 million a year. And you know what he was doing? He claimed that he was servicing 100 patients a day down in North Palm Beach and in uh, Jupiter. And he was giving unnecessary eye injections and blasts of laser treatments for people who didn't even need them. And he was collecting the money. He was sentenced to about 36 years in jail. He should have done every moment of it. And who rode to the rescue to give him a pardon? It was uh, then-President Donald Trump, one of the last things he did. 
That's disgraceful. The nation's highest paid Medicare doctor in the history of Medicare. And he's ripped it off for $20 million a year. $20 million a year taking advantage of senior citizens injecting water into their eyes because they were having problems uh, with cataracts and other problems involving a lack of sight. That is a double disgrazia, I, I hope. And I hope, I hope, uh, Lou, that tonight when I hear Dominic Carter come on at 12 midnight, you got to listen to his show. I mean, it's uh, Monday, 12 midnight to 1, right through Friday before Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. And I want to hear him. Will he be an apologist for his very dear friend, the most corrupt U.S. senator in the history of corrupt U.S. senators up on the Hill, Bobby Menendez? By the way, while all this is transpiring, the evil seed produced by the cauldron of corruption known as Bobby Menendez has designated that his son, Rob Menendez, run in his former congressional seat. And it's almost a slam dunk because, unfortunately, it's a one-party system in that part of Hudson County. And the Republicans have generally no chance. But this gives everybody an opportunity to flex and once again say, when you have a one-party system, When you have a totalitarian dictator like Bobby Menendez, who not only was the mayor of Union City, served in the Assembly simultaneously and in the state Senate, then went on to Congress. Then when John Corzine left the U.S. Senate to run for governor and won, how incestuous. It was John Corzine, graduate of Goldmine Sachs, one of the worst governors of the state of New Jersey, who then appointed Congressman Bobby Menendez to fill out his term in the U.S. Senate, and then he ran again. And every time Bobby Menendez gets in trouble, he calls for a prayer circle, wherever it may be. He goes into black churches. He opines. He whines. He claims he's a victim because he's a person of color. He's a Cubano. What the hell is he talking about? And he's got a lead bottom ass. I don't know if you've ever seen him, Lou. He wears those $5,000 Armani suits. He can be like a kissing cousin of Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. And then you look at his posterior from sitting on his butt and processing all the corrupt money that comes his way. It's time. And notice, it's not the U.S. attorney in Newark. It's not the U.S. attorney in any of the districts in New Jersey who will be prosecuting him because they hopelessly have been tied into the Menendez Democratic corrupt machine that has dominated Jersey politics for so long. Instead, it may take the U.S. attorney of the Southern District, independent and autonomous, to finally put this guy in jail. But you can send a very strong signal. By not voting for his son, Rob Menendez, in his old congressional seat. I know for some of you, you were born and raised Democrats out there. You only know one party, the Democratic Party. But the only way you're going to break yourself from the chains and shackles of this systemic corruption brought to you by U.S. Senator Bobby Menendez is to make sure that his evil seed, the evil seed of his cauldron of corruption, Rob Menendez, does not become the next congressperson uh, to uh, fill out the district that he served. And just remember, if he escapes this time, it'll just unleash another wave of corruption worse than any that the Soprano state of Jersey has suffered in the past. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. 
Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. That's what it is now, crime soaring, violent crime in the subways at an all-time high. Although you'd never know it from the uh, Democratic playbook that has been put together to help Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb in the final days of the campaign leading up to the final vote on November 8th versus uh, Congressman uh, Law and Order Lee Zeldin. Look at the headlines here, facts versus fright. The panic over crime, crunching the NYPD numbers. Yes, crime is up, but New York City is still safer than it was two decades ago. Oh, wait a second. That would put us in 2002. Michael Bloomberg was still mayor. And Ray Kelly, the longest serving police commissioner in the history of the NYPD, was the mayor. Excuse me, the police commissioner. No, 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 no. <laughs> New York City is not safer than it was two decades ago. But this is the propaganda that they're trying to spew. In fact, uh, Lou, uh, once again, the mayor of the city of New York, the swagger man with no plan, was putting the gas on by talking about the perception of crime as he was being confronted by all those who were shoving people into the tracks and assaulting them at random in what we call stranger danger. We have a safe subway system. Transit police officers, they have done their job. What we must do is remove the perception of fear. Cases like this aggravates the perception of fear. Uh, When you see homeless individuals with mental health issues, not being attended to and given the proper services that add to the perception of fear. And so what our battle is in the subway system is fighting the perception of fear. How many many times can one person say the word perception? His approval rating is 29%. It's lower than even uh, President Joe Biden's and Vice President Harris's. It's uh, about as low as you can go. Uh, And he's changed a bit. He's nuanced it. So yesterday he approached the media and he was talking about, hey, knock it off. You know, you're hyping this crime situation. Uh, Let's look at the analytics. We're going to deal with those crimes that take place. And we're going to continue to go after those six felony crimes a day that we're witnessing. But I know that 3.5 million people use our system every day without any encounters. Six felony crimes. (laughs) This guy, he must be taking Molly in ecstasy when he goes to the clubs and the club zero bond. 
He's delusional. How many people go downstairs into the subway or in the elevated part of the subway and they get confronted on a regular basis by emotionally disturbed persons, homeless people, people who are bumping into them, eye fornicating them, mad dogging them. It may not even lead to a crime, but it leads to the fact that you feel like you've just been soiled. Like you don't ever want to go into the belly of the beast again. This guy is just detached. From reality, but he went on and on to make his points. Index crimes in the subway system right now, this year, 2022, are lower than 2019, 2018, 2017, and the last 10 years. Yeah, really. You're full of bull feathers. Let's go to the analytical tape, right? Let's, uh, let, let's crunch the numbers. How ridiculous is that? Is there anybody who is riding the subway now? And remember, one-third of the people have not returned to riding the subway on a regular basis since the lockdown of the pandemic of March of 2020. Lou, have you come across any people who said, you know, analytically, it's uh, really better than 2018 or 2019 or 2020. But wait, wait, he won't stop because this is all trying to give tactical air support to Governor Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. Those officers are working. They're doing their job, and we're going to continue to the next level of dealing with issues like this. Well, the MTA is not waiting for the NYPD to come to their rescue, the money-taking agency. The chairman has now hired uh, private security guards and put them at six separate stations, main transit points, in order to stop fare evasion. Now, they're not armed, and they're standing near the emergency doors. Um, I have not seen any of them, uh, whether in the a.m. or p.m., and I think many of you know uh, I pretty much uh, spent a good deal of my time in the subway system of New York City. I've yet to see them, but I'll continue to report to all of you as I will be on the lookout. And then finally, Eric Adams, a swagger man with no plan, decided once again to insult all of our collective intelligence. Are they at every station in this city every day? No, we have the most complex transit system probably on the globe. Uh, That's not true. Showing you he's not a world citizen. Uh, Look, I have guardian angels in Tokyo. They ride the uh, system there. Nowhere near as needed as here. Uh, And London. Uh, They are far more complicated systems with far more intricate connections. It's not as simply laid out as the New York City subway system. So I don't know what this guy's talking about. And again, for all of you who thought he was going to be a law and order mayor, that he understood transit, he understood the streets, because he had been a transit cop for 10 years and a city cop uh, for 12 years. He was a house mouse. He was always in the precinct. He didn't bust his shoes. He didn't make collars and arrests. He wasn't proactive. What would he know? And this is all done to give cover to Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, who uh, in her debate, her one and only debate on New York One against uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin, said something that just has not gone down anybody's thought process correctly when it comes to crime. This governor, who still to this moment, we're not, what are we, halfway through the debate, she still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Okay. Anyone is- who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change we made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. I don't know why that's so important to you. I don't know why that's so important to Lee Zeldin. It's important to all of us, whether you're Democrats, 
whether you're Republicans, whether you're liberals, progressives, conservatives, uh, whether you're independent, unaffiliated voters. I, I, can I hear that one more time? That is mind-boggling that she would say that. She had a chance to amend it if, in fact, uh, if she had misspoken. But she really means that. And when you look at the playbook, again, as they go towards November 8th, uh, this is what you're going to hear. Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, and Kathy Crimewave Holcomb uh, talk about that there's a panic over crime, that, in fact, this is facts versus fright. And then when you crunch the NYPD numbers, yes, crime is up. But New York City is still safer than it was two decades ago under Bloomberg and Kelly. That's specious nonsense. This governor, who still to this moment, we're at, what are we, halfway through the debate? She still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Okay. Anyone who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change they made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. I don't know why that's so important to you. When she said that to Congressman Lee Zeldin, the law and order candidate, she was really saying that to all of us. It was an insult. But let's go back, uh, Lou, if we can. I'm just going to give a litany of the most recent crimes to see if this is just a perception. Platform push count is now 25 people. This year have been pushed into the tracks Many of them have been run over, killed. Many of them have suffered serious injuries. Many of them have been traumatized to the point where they'll never return into the belly of the beast again. Our battle is in the subway system is fighting the perception of fear. Okay, Mr. Mayor, a 22-year-old woman was socked in the face and thrown down a flight of stairs inside the Queen subway station main transit area at 82nd Street, Jackson Heights. When a man walked up to her, randomly slugged her, this is stranger danger, in the face, 5.20 in the morning while she was going to work. The stranger then shoved her down a flight of stairs leading to a mezzanine below and threw a bag down after that. And he has disappeared into the wind. Our battle is in the subway system is fighting the perception of fear. I wonder if that's perception to that woman and everybody who uses that number seven train heavily traveled at 82nd Street in Jackson Heights. Ah, to the Upper East Side. At one time, you would go into the Upper East Side and you would say, pay the big bucks to avoid being victimized by crime. It was relatively safe, but oh, there is no safety in any neighborhood or community of the five boroughs of the city of New York any longer. Uh, Case in point. A man randomly pushed a fellow strap hanger onto the tracks at the Upper East Side Station at 77th Street and Lexington Avenue, the number six train station, right before 9 p.m. We're not talking 3 a.m. in the morning, right before 9 p.m. There's uh, relatively quite a few people on the subway uh, platform at that time of night. A witness told cops he was standing on the uptown platform when he saw the suspect push another man from the platform into the tracks. Luckily, uh, onlookers uh, were able to retrieve the man off the tracks. Now, get this, Lou. If you want to help track him down, because, again, he's disappeared. The suspect fled the station after the shove. Police describe him as a man in his 30s, 5 foot 7 inches tall, with a medium build and a bald head. He was last seen wearing a tan sweater, dark pants, a blue and yellow jacket, a white face mask, a black sneaker on his right foot, and a black and white sneaker on his left foot. They got all of this detail. What is the color of his skin? 
Of course not. Then uh, we are dealing with... Our battle is, in the subway system, is fighting the perception of fear. All right, how about if we deal with buses? Because, you know, a lot of of people take the city buses. An armed man hijacked an MTA bus in Queens Thursday morning on Linden Boulevard. Get this, Lou, causing the driver to jump from the window (laughs) before the bus crashed. This is like when they used to hijack, remember, airliners to Cuba? The guy comes on. Pulls out a gun, he pulls it to the head of the MTA bus driver, the Ralph Cramden, and he tells him, you're going to take me to where I want to go. All the passengers flee out the back door. And as he's driving down Linden Boulevard towards 233rd Street, the guy clicks the gun at his head. (laughs) He decides, I got to jump out the window while the bus is moving. Sort of reminds me, Lou, when I was shot five times with those hollow point bullets, people said, how did you jump out of the window of that moving cab? Hey, when your life's at stake, you take a chance. Luckily, the MTA bus driver was not seriously hurt. The bus ended up crashing into a pole. And guess what? The person responsible has a history of mental illness, like the guy who was interviewed on Rikers Island by the New York Post, who is claiming he is the second coming of Jesus. You know who that is, uh, Lou? That's the guy who pushed that waiter onto the tracks Friday afternoon at 2.45 in the afternoon as he was on his way to work in the L train. He claimed to a New York Post reporter that he is the second coming of Jesus. I would say, yeah, that's that's an emotionally disturbed person, which is what most of these problems are about. And then lastly, a man who repeatedly punched a fellow passenger without being provoked escaped the L train on its way to Jefferson Street at about 7.30 at night. The victim wanted no part of the argument. He walked away. The attacker punched him repeatedly in the head and body. Nobody came to his aid. And by the way, the NYPD has now asked for help finding the suspect, who's described as being around 6 foot tall, 190 pounds, with dark eyes and black hair, But no description of his face color. Is he black? Is he Hispanic? Is he white? Is he Asian? Is he olive skin? None of that. None of that. Our battle is in the subway system is fighting the perception of fear. I don't know my all this perception. Anyway, I want to introduce you to a brand new hit. Chris Libertini has labored away. He is our imaging guide. And based on the fact that all of these nights into the wee hours of the morning, uh, the mayor, the swagger man, Eric uh, Adams, has not missed a beat. He has continued to go to the Club Zero Bond, the private club where anything goes to get wine, dined, and pocket line. This is in honor of our do-nothing mayor. It's a 24-hour city. When I go out... I am patronizing my restaurants, my hotels, my dishwashers, my cooks. I go visit this 24-hour city. This is not a 9-to-5 city. This is a city that never sleeps, so the mayor should not be taking a nap. My mayor wants to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. My mayor wants to party all the time, party all the time. My mayor wants to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. My mayor wants to party all the time, party all the time. He parties all the time. 
Oh, yeah, and he does sample the product. Excellent. It epitomizes the problem that we have. A mayor who has attention deficit disorder. I don't know if he's on Molly ecstasy from partying to the break of dawn. I don't know if he doesn't have enough Adderall to keep him focused. But we got a hot mess here. The only benefit of this, and I'm doing everything I can, hopefully you do, to get Lee Zeldin elected the next governor of the state of New York. If, in fact, he wins against Kathy Crimewave Holcomb on November 8th, the person that he can most thank is Eric Adams, the so-called law and order mayor, who has been the mayor of crisis and crime in the city, which has propelled Lee Zeldin up in the polls and got to do everything he can. It's only one way to turn this back. Got to elect as your next governor of the state of New York, Lee Zeldin. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. When you find yourself in danger, when you're threatened by a stranger, when it looks like you will take a licking, <laughs> there is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you. Just call for super chicken. Fred, if you're afraid, you'll have to overlook it. Besides, you knew the job was dangerous when you took it. He will drink his super sauce and throw the bad guys for a loss And he will bring them in alive and kicking <laughs> There is one thing you should learn when there is no one else to turn to Oh, uh, great cartoon oh, when we were kids growing up And this is who the New York State Attorney General Letitia James is She is a chicken Afraid to debate the Republican conservative candidate Michael Henry who is polling very well. Remember, for those of you who don't know that much about Attorney General Letitia James, her political obsession as Attorney General has been with everything Trump. Other than that, when it comes to public safety, supporting the cops, she is missing in action. She was and still is a product of the Working Families Party. It might as well be side-by-side with the Democratic Socialists of America, and they oftentimes work together, of AOC, all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The Working Families Party, defund the police, is their mantra, and no cash bail. And that's what Tish James has represented as the highest elected law enforcement official in New York State. She had an opportunity as we begin to realize more and more everything I've been saying. And unless we deal with the emotionally disturbed persons roaming and living in the subways and the streets and the parks, we're going to continue to be gripped in a crime crisis, even if eventually the no-cash-bail situation is resolved in Albany. But we had a program created by the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, Bill de Blasio, who single-handedly took a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball to destroy the city that we love. For five years, $1.5 billion was spent, $250 million every year for Thrive, supposedly to help the emotionally disturbed. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you know I've been in the subways and streets and parks so often. I never once saw a Thrive worker do any kind of intervention. I never became aware of any person who ever benefited from Thrive. In fact, the Attorney General of the state of New York, Tish James, should have subpoenaed the records. Everyone questioned them, even Democrats. 
and should have uh, looked at the spreadsheets because I believe to this day that money never saw the light of day to go to these people who are suffering, who are a danger to themselves and everyone else. That was her first fiduciary responsibility, and she neglected it. That money is probably in the bank account in Panama, Antigua, could be the Cayman Islands, could be Switzerland. We know that Bill de Blasio and his wife stole that money because they can't account for it. So that's strike two on Tish James. And strike three is she refuses to debate. Now, even Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb debated uh, Lee Selden. Uh, Napoli had a debate the Democratic control of. Uh, the schmuck, uh, the putz, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer will have his debate against Joe Pinion. She refuses to debate the Republican conservative candidate, Michael Henry. I remember being out on the stump, Lou, with Michael Henry early on in the process over a year ago. He was spurned by almost everyone, ignored, denied an equal platform the rest of the way. He never gave up. He reached out not only to Republicans and conservatives, but to the unaffiliated independent voters and the moderate Democrats. He has been out there 24-7-365, and without the financial support that Tish James has gotten as she gets wine-dined in pocket line as state attorney general, he has made a race of this. You must help elect Michael Henry, our next attorney general. But most importantly, you got you got to contribute to his depleted funds. You got to go to MichaelHenry4AG.com. That's MichaelHenry4AG.com. I've been out there with Michael. I've stood side by side with him. I've listened to his speeches, and I've had personal conversations with him early on in this campaign when he was spurned, ignored, denied an equal platform, and yet he has fought hard the rest of the way. And Tish James, afraid to bait him, you chicken Tish James. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 